One mountain lion, two mountain lions, mountain lions. Yeah, this is a instant classic in the early episodes of Psyched. Get ready for the ninth episode of this podcast. I've heard it both ways. 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 And welcome back to I've Heard It Both Ways. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe. With me, as always, riding shotgun in the blueberry is wash, rinse, and repeat. <laughs> we are the pineapple boys. Billy, how you doing? That's awesome. Is that because you thought of that one in the shower? <laughs> I think of all of these in the shower. <laughs> I love that. That one's awesome. <laughs> I don't really know, well I just, I like, I'm thinking of going through, and I got a whole bunch written down, and some I like, some I don't like, and it just it just came to me. I go boom. That's the one we're going with today. That's one I could legitimately see being in the show. I mean, all yeah. of them have been good, but like I could literally see Sean just being like, "This is my partner." Wash, rinse, repeat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because they walk in a bed bath and beyond or something yeah you know or, you know you know the what's the episode there with the um uh with the germs and, and the pandemic and you know oh you know, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, i forget the name of it off the top of my head but yeah that's a yeah. great one yeah so he's always talking no no more tears jules no more tears right. <laughs> <laughs> so how you doing buddy uh great uh good episode that uh, we're gonna dive into here you know we'll get through our process the holla uh and with the cream skull and then of course Thundercat Ho! Thundercats Ho! So, uh, you know, I say we just dive right in because this one I usually skip, and I think it's a little bit better than uh, I remember and I give it credit for. Yeah, this is another classic. Um, eh, you know, uh, let me, I'll watch something else, right, and move on, mm-hmm. and just kind of, and so you forget it a little bit, and then you watch it, you know, as we do always, you know, a couple of times before we, we go, we go live here, and it's 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 another doozy, and so this is we get back to back fucking henry dickhead alerts right off the rip in the cold open and this yeah, is what i kind of liked it though well yeah i mean it, was, it wasn't nearly as atrocious as last week's but it, and and maybe and maybe it's because sean has never earned the benefit of a doubt of the no, doubt, yeah right but like henry doesn't like he even is willing to tell his boss to go kick rocks which I you love, know. though. I really love, like, you may be the boss at work, but you're not the boss here. Yeah, true. That was a bad fucking ass move by him. It it's a bad and, ass move, but to me, there's always better ways to handle that. No, but I really loved also where he was like, you know, <laughs> you could have killed the ostrich and they would have made me pay for it. I don't even know how yeah. much an ostrich costs. Yeah. And like, you know, if you're at the, the zoo with swagons on a field trip and she's the troublemaker of the trip and you got to pay for an ostrich you know you, you're going to be a little bit like they got oh, they cranky. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> i'm going to be cranky as hell yeah no 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 doubt about that but <laughs> so this was this was great no gus in this cold open by the way right i don't think we see gus terrible hair by the way on captain connor's it was ridiculous oh, <laughs> oh and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that camp one of the another great uh, back-to-back episodes with tremendous cameos and well done oh, yeah. cameos mm-hmm. red foreman kills it in this episode just Great. awesome 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 but they're they're on a field trip they're at the zoo uh and and sean is you know teasing one of the girls trish connor uh by the and- way that's how i flirt that's how i flirt to this day i'm just a dick <laughs> <laughs> well that's what they say right you gotta you know you tease them a little bit right yeah. in, in more ways than one but but uh, <laughs> But uh, there's, uh, you know, you see that, you know, Sean kind of picking on her a little bit. And then all of a sudden you see Sean approach the the teacher. And he's like, eh, 
I think uh, I think there's something wrong with Rossi's spirit animal. Over oh my here. god! I should have <laughs> that as one of the photos. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this is part of the PCP Audio Channel. I asked Rossi because uh, it was a really good question by uh, Wes of the Change My Mind Pod, where he asked, I think Fryer, what he wanted to be. I forget their answers, but Rossi's answer was an ostrich. Which I said, I was like, it's a flightless bird. He's like, no, it flies. It doesn't fly. No, it, it doesn't fly. And and, it, and he said it runs really fast. A moped moves faster than an ostrich. That's yeah. neither here nor there. We're getting off track. Yeah. But <laughs> but, uh, but Sean had annoyed Trish uh, to such lengths that she hummed a, uh, a tennis ball at him but missed. And uh, it went into the ostrich case. And, and you just – this visual of uh, – I, I – I'm going to admit something here. I've, I've probably shared this, you know, other places. I have a phobia of birds. They terrify Ooh, me. I don't wow. like them at all. Like full on anxiety attacks. And there's something about an ostrich is even worse because they have those long ass necks and those, they're just creepy. But that visual of the tennis ball just sort of lodged in his throat. That just mm-hmm. gave me, gave me a little chuckle, but this is where now we get that, that Sean and Henry moment where Henry's kind of given him the third degree on the bus but Captain Connors enters, and he asks Sean very, you know, calmly, um, you know, you know what happened, and, and Sean, you know, said it wasn't me, but he wouldn't rat Trish out, and and Captain Connors says, I believe him, and then this is where Henry's like, you know, well, you know, you're my boss at work, but here, you know, handle this sort of thing, and this is uh, this is an instance where this this faith in Sean comes back to uh, benefit Captain Connors uh, shortly thereafter. Oh, yeah. I mean, and he's a really good... I mean, you know, we saw Kitty Foreman in the first two episodes of WandaVision, and of course we get the Red Foreman cameo here. Red Foreman, I think, is one of the greatest television dads. Uh, PCP did a list a while back. You can probably check out in the archives of the uh, best TV dads. He's just a good actor for that crotchety old man, and you know, he's losing his memory in this one, and that's kind of what he plays. And then, you know, the next scene, cut to uh sean looking out the window because he was looking out the window of the bus so nice little symmetry there and then we get you know captain connors and trish you know talking and this is one of the better back and forths in season one that gus and sean have here yeah and, and we get we see sean do this all the time it's mostly directed at jules when he does his jules voice but he does his uh his trish connors voice here and the the, the funny thing right before they get into that back and forth i love this when they're looking out the window and they see her and uh, what Gus says, she was cute in high school, but man, has she grown! And he does that. He does that little, you know, sly yeah. Gus face. You know, and he's he's not super full on creepy Gus. I think Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind is when yeah. we get the very nice. That was the yeah. creepiest oh, very yeah. I've ever heard. <laughs> so he's not like full. Yeah, he's <laughs> not full creep Gus yet. But then they kind of get into a little bantering back and forth about you know, uh, you know why they would you know, Trish would like either one of them. And I think, I think the line that uh, Gus has is incredible. Oh yeah. yeah right. Oh, so let's see. How does it go? He's like, you know, you, you... <laughs> <laughs> daughter. Yeah, yeah. You know, Gus, he has abs like Bruce Lee. <laughs> and then John just goes abs like Bruce Lee. We're trying to say things that are a little bit believable here. Yeah. I was trying to do the voice, and I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Daughter. <laughs> Stop pretending to be insane, daughter. Daughter? He calls her daughter? Yeah. <laughs> you know you belong with Gus. He's smarter, funnier. Plus, he has abs like Bruce Lee. And the look on Sean's face is, is just absolutely priceless. So this, mm-hmm. We get a lot of these little back and forths uh, in these little moments in this episode. 
that I love because there wasn't as many. I mean, there's a lot of like good quotes in this episode, uh, but last week the one-liners were off the charts, and here we yeah. get a lot more just sort of great little scenes together. A little less of the that, that snappy dialogue there. Yeah, a little um, more situational comedy. Yeah. Uh, but you know, so they see, they see Trish and her father outside Trish comes in. And so they try to act cool, you know, like, you know, and pretend like they weren't, you know, just gazing at this very beautiful woman that was very geeky looking back in school. And uh, so Trish Connors comes in and Sean does his whole psychic thing where he, he, you know, he put these guys back to her and he starts saying, you know, cause she doesn't realize that he knows who she is. And then he, when he says Connor, Trish, Trish Connors, and she's all, She's all amazed by this, and I love this uh, this whole dynamic throughout the episode up until the end, where Tris is just so um, uh, she's amazed. blown away by his maturity and air quotes on maturity there because yeah. he's just playing the part because he's trying to like get with her, and you know they do the back and forth about like who's actually going to get with her, which is a little bit you know chauvinistic, but you know that's what you know these guys are doing in that situation for this story, but. You know, you get into the breakdown of the case once he kind of wows her with his psychic abilities. Like, oh, is that your father? Is that Captain Connors out there? So then you get, he stumbles in and can't get a word out of why he's actually there. Yeah, and and you said chauvinistic, but it, it's never like it's not aggressive with these guys, right? No, it's, no, it's just no. like it's like it's always a competitive thing with these yeah. two guys, right? And it, and they always think they're 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 cool when in fact they're just a, they're just a couple of nerds, but. Uh, the, the scene here where, you know, uh, Gus lets, uh, I mean, Sean lets Gus sort of talk to, to Trish a little bit about like their methods and you see Sean in the background and he's just up on the table and he's dancing <laughs> and he's doing the whole gorilla thing. And then every time she looks back, he's reading the book, but the book's upside down. That's you know? I think in like the middle of the episode though. No, no, I think it's. No, 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 because that's when they're breaking down the case and they've already found the suspect that was the oh, mountain lion. Shit, but right. it is yeah. my favorite thing. And it's an old gag, but the way that he delivers the flipped book read, like yes. she, like they oh, look, yeah. she looks back, he's reading a book, and then he like the way he subtly just is like, and like I did what he did. Obviously, it's mostly audio here, but he the way he flips the book and like looks at it is one of like the better funny yeah. like sight gags like yeah. that I've seen that way oh. pulled out. I, I, yeah, for some reason that, it always stuck out. I, I always get that mixed up, but you're right, it does come. It's a the little, same dynamic. They're all in the office. Yeah. But this is this is where you know Captain Connors comes in, and so he's, um, you know, he recognizes Sean, so you don't immediately know that something's up. But then he's trying to you know get out what what he's there for, and he's stumbling, and, and you get a sense, okay, he's he's he has some form of uh, dementia, and he's and, and he's trying to uh, get Sean's help because he he thinks he uh, has witnessed. Uh, or he stumbled upon clues for a, of a murder that happened recently. Yeah, and, and it's really good little details. He sees all the notes. He even sees, which I think is a nice detail, his flipped over cuff yeah. with instructions on like you know how to live daily, almost on his yeah. wrist, uh, written there. So you can clearly see, you know, it's you know I think you get a little bit later that he's got early onset Alzheimer's. So he does a good job of playing that and does you know, a tremendous job. Yeah, I love him in this. Like obviously we've said he's fucking Red Foreman. He's the man. Yeah. But really good casting of the shitty girl from How I Met Your Mother, just because <laughs> not like shitty, but she was kind of a dick to Ted Mosby. She was the only person I was ever like, wow, Ted Mosby's better than this girl. Yeah. Um, but she is cute. Uh, she, so she is very cute. Really good casting. And uh, like 
we say it all the time, but like the setup for this case is awesome. Oh, like, this, this case awesome. might be one of the better overall cases from season one, and 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 part of that is because of. Uh, and I don't know. The, I, he'll always just be Red Foreman to me. But when he's he's fumbling through the little bits of paper, right? He he really gives a great job of like he gives you snippets, little pieces, and you're trying to figure out what is you know reality, what's not. And and and, and his daughter there is always very Kurt Woodsworth. Thank you, um, Jacob. And 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 so, but this is one of the better cases because you get these little breadcrumbs and. You seemingly have a couple of different stories going on that that they all come together, you know, wonderfully. So it, as uh, as Captain Connors is sort of describing these these fragmented details that he has about what he thinks is a murder case, we kind of get a we, we it takes us to the police station where there's a woman, uh, a young woman, uh, reporting uh, that her boyfriend is missing. And at the time, you have no idea, you know, you know, okay, is there going to be like parallel investigations going on in this episode? How how is this going to connect? Uh, and then it comes back to the you know Sean and Gus where they go to have lunch, and uh, Sean looks down at a table, he sees a, a Sudoku, uh, Sudoku, whatever you want to call it, and he, little eyes, Gus, little eyes, we got to go, we got to go. <laughs> yeah, so they run into uh, even with the twice baked pineapple scones, they're 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 yeah. bouncing, but yeah. Henry, uh, you know, don't leave on my account. And they, you know, link up again with Captain Connors because we come to find out that they worked cases together in the past. And, you know, they kind of stumble upon a lead at, I don't know, brunch, maybe it is. Yeah, bros who brunch, you know, Sean and Gus are going to eat whenever, you know, whenever the wind blows just right. And uh, but it seems about you'll know, be about lunchtime, but they they run it, they run into you know, Captain Connors and his dad, and so they're all sitting down together. And and Captain Connors is you know, he seems very, very lucid in this moment because he's uh regaling the guys with uh, you know, cases and, and stories of the past. <laughs> and then he sees the the wanted, uh, not the wanted, but the missing poster, the missing person's poster, and he stops. And, and you can see, you know, you can see him thinking and he's now he's this is where that early onset, you know, Alzheimer's dementia is really, really playing with him because he's trying to he's trying to remember it. Sean sees this and he starts feeding him some information or, or some things and, and it starts to come back to him. It starts to come back to him. And then Henry starts talking about a case that happened 20 years ago. Yeah. So he's kind of jumbled it up in his head, but he really didn't. I mean, it kind of, you know, when the case is unraveling, you kind of find out that he's just by happenstance broke this case wide open because, yep. you know, uh, you know, Mike and, you know, Mort Crocker actually don't have anything like Mort Crocker's in the clear at, in the yeah. end of this. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, it's a, you know, a sitcom, so we're not killing you and you probably already watched it anyways. But he's just at the right place at the right time to let Sean connect the dots here. And it's a really good breakdown of the case and how they actually figure out who the actual killer is. Yeah. And, you know, the whole mountain lion thing, you know, there's parts of this episode that I'm like, there's a little bit over the top acting. And then there's over the top acting that wasn't good. But the mountain lion stuff, I actually really loved. Yeah, because it, it seems over the top. Because mm -hmm. they're talking about a mountain lion killer and you've got... You know, Henry, you know, and other people say, well, why don't you just go talk to the mountain lion? You know, right. like, you know, and, and so this is another case, too, where Henry is dismissive. He was dismissive of Sean um, back on the school bus, and he's now dismissive of Captain Connors because, you know, he's, 
you know, let him have his dignity, Sean. He he's he doesn't need you to make a fool out of him. But Sean is returning the same faith that he had. So I love how this one really kind of comes full circle with these mm -hmm. two characters here. And, and you know, so Henry's like, you know, he's getting this confused with an old case he couldn't solve. Um, but but Sean won't let it go. No. Right? And here's the other thing I fucking hate. This is, this is why I hate Henry. One is hats. Hate the hat thing. Even when they were like, tweet out your best psych moment and Henry just tweeted out hats. I was like, that's the thing that I fucking hate where I would tell people to like go to like the middle of season one just to get rid of the hat stuff. And the other thing that I hate is when he says a good cop's instincts never die. He's a good cop. He uses the good cop thing yeah. to the point where I want to take my keyboard right now and <laughs> bash him over the head with it because I hate like the good cop refrain. He uses it so much. And honestly, as we kind of find out through the episodes, him not believing in Sean on this one, even though there were mountain lions, Henry's kind of a shitty cop. Like yeah. he, does, he does flex his muscles every once in a while with some really good stuff. Uh, the Sean one where he gets kidnapped, Henry's all over it. Uh, but they're like also like two like two people were attacked by mountain lions and there's a direct link between the two of them. Yeah, and that's even, something. <laughs> and he even says it, and it was such a flippant thing. And so, you know, the case that like, Captain Connors is talking about happened 20 years ago is with a female Zoe Sharp. She was she she died. She was she was mauled by a mountain lion, right? And so when when Sean uh, goes to talk to Henry about the case, you know. Um, you and know, that would be called open. One mountain yeah. lion, two mountain lions, mountain lions. And that's like the thing. Yeah. And so like even when like Sean like brings it up to him, like because now, you know, we get to the point where the missing hiker, you know, who was the boyfriend of that woman from just, you know, earlier on the episode, he is found dead by a mountain lion. He's got the newspaper. He goes to Henry and Henry goes, Sean, it was a mountain lion, you know, and then he tells him like just passively like like oh he brushes off like oh well you know there was a potential link between zoe sharp uh having an affair with mort crocker yeah and that's like the linchpin it's like this guy yeah. was seen arguing even though it's an unreliable suspect clearly this guy when he remembers something it's correct so he was seen arguing with the guy mike and then the link is mort crocker in both of them to people who were killed by mountain lions. To me, yeah. that was the thing that I was just like, Henry's an idiot. Like he's a bad cop. Like that is like where there's smoke, there's fucking fire. And that was like fucking bl a blaze. And, and, and you're right. Henry does have his moments, but we've seen uh Viagra falls. One of my top oh. five episodes, right? One of my top five episodes <laughs> right in the beginning. Right. So uh, Henry, uh, there's, there's a case involving, you know, whatever it is, but, the, yeah, the old chief open of, of that show, his whole chief of police scolds him and says, "You did bad work." Yeah, you yeah, know, you're, you're off the case. That's you, such you a great off the case, right? It's one of my. It's one of my. It's a top five for me. I I love that one. Because, <laughs> this is my part. Control Alt Delete the general <laughs> on the flank or us in in forty years, twenty years. <laughs> Who throws a shoe? <laughs> it's a loafer. <laughs> we got we got to be the same. How about the grapples? Yeah, uh, like that is. Oh, it's so good, but you're right. There are moments where Henry flexes, and there are moments where they kind of make him look stupid. And I think that is one of the things about this show that I really like, because uh, our guy Kaufman is flying through the seasons. He's already, I think, in the episode four of season two, and he was talking to me about the um, 
the 65 million years off or whatever it was, the one where they discovered oh. the dinosaur. Yeah. And Sean looks vulnerable. He looks stupid. Lasty is besting him. So I think they do a really good job of making the characters not too perfect and not too real. Right. And the, the only thing, you know, and the thing with Henry. Or more real, I should right, say. Right. Is that Henry very rarely uh, will admit that he's wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think he ever has, you know, and I mean, that's his character, you know, and that's that's part of his stubbornness and uh, and all that. But but so, you know, with this new information, Sean goes to Trish and this is this is where we get that moment that I was talking about earlier uh, and says, I think there's a link between, you know, what your dad's talking about now and the case that he was on, uh, you know, 20 years ago. And this is that hilarious scene where. Mm -hmm. This is what I was talking about earlier. And then just Sean up there, you know, doing the whole gorilla thing. And then and he's doing, doing like one of these like yeah. back and forth dances yeah. like with the hips like bobbing up and down like he's Shakira or something. Just great yeah. television. Absolutely true. But you, but the, the part that does steal him, he looks so serious. He's got the book. And then just without even batting an eyelash, just flips yep. That's so it, good. It, it, just, it just keeps going. That was uh, – I, I love that scene. That was definitely one of the, the highlights. Um from the show, but this is, you know, this is now, you know, where we really picking up steam and, and, and we're, we're picking up momentum. And, and so the guys head to the wildlife preserve because right. Remember Henry says, well, why don't you go talk to the mountain lion? Okay. Sean's like, fuck it. I'm going to go, you know, talk to the mountain lion. And this is, <laughs> this is another scene. Absolute banger. Absolute I am your father. Yeah, I don't think Mufasa said that. <laughs> and then this is why I love this show. He's like, uh, Mufasa, I'm not Rappaport. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it doesn't matter. Mufasa, Vader, I'm, I'm not Rappaport. It's all James Earl Jones. And then Gus goes, I'm not Rappaport was Ozzy Davis. Do you know what I'm not Rappaport is? I have no idea what that is. It's a 1996 cult comedy like classic starring Ozzy Davis. And Walter Matthau. So they're referencing something that, like, fucking nobody knows. I tried to, like, look at the IMDb, see if, like, Steve Franks wrote it or whatever. The yeah. only link that I can kind of draw is it's bickering buddies that, you know, one's, one's a black guy, one's a white guy. Ozzy Davis is a black guy. Walter yeah. Matthau is a, a white guy. So I think that's, like, the uh, inside linky joke that they're arguing about a movie about two friends arguing. But even <laughs> still, like... I love when a show kind of makes me have to look something up. And when he hits him with the, I'm not Rappaport, was Ozzy Davis. It's like, who the fuck would know that? Like, no right. one would know that. And this is sort of the beginning to where to where and why we love this show is when we get the, the witty banter back and forth mm -hmm. and the obscure references. Because I can't tell you how many times where I've watched a show and they're rattling off some 80s reference. And I went, huh? Even I missed it. <laughs> Yeah. But it has made me go back and watch some Judd Nelson. Yeah. Talk about, like, from the hip and like Blue Steel or Blue City or whatever the fuck some it is. Some say he flared his nostrils too much. Too much. Like, I, <laughs> that's why I love this show. And when they hit a reference that you really know, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so this is – we're cooking with gas here, you know, because we're starting to get more of that. Especially from Sean, because this is where Sean is always at his best, is, is the witty banter and, and the obscure references. But this really leads us up to the next the, the next great scene, because they're in this wildlife preserve. There's the mountain lion that is, you know, essentially accused of, of murder, and uh, they get caught uh, by a zoologist. And so Sean has to think on his feet. And so we get um, 
we get that instance where we have a gullible character sort of, you know, buying into Sean's, you know, quick shtick. And uh, Sean is, uh, he poses as Dr. Hans Jorgensen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and Gus is Dr. McClick. So I like that stuff. But then when they get into the back and forth argument, I'm like, that's a little bit too much of like Sean over the top. I did love the hot cocoa line. Like I spilled hot cocoa yeah. on his genitals and he was fine with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like when they do like the, like the, like they're like going nuts. I, that it, made me laugh. I don't yeah. know. Usually it does drive me nuts. It's okay. It's yeah. good. I think he does a way better job in a later scene on an outlandish thing. And I think that's like how they dialed it in. Like they had the two extremes. Well, yeah. They had very extreme things. They had that in the uh, Wildlife Foundation thing, and then they had, uh, we'll get to it, the pharmacy scene. But my favorite thing is, you know, the warthog being delivered, and they go back and forth. And then Gus is like, I can't deliver a warthog. And Sean's like, more importantly, are you allergic to placenta? (laughs) That killed me. That was great. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Usually, like, that over-the-top stuff, I was just saying, usually, but I don't know. In that moment, for some it reason. It was funny. Maybe it was because of the accents. Uh, just, just it made me uh, giggle. But this was a great Costanza moment. This was the marine biologist. Oh, yeah, where, yeah. Right, where, you know, you've got me in the Galapagos Islands with the turtles. I don't why would you make me an architect? I know my avenues, right? Yeah. And so George is out on the beach and he's with this girl and he's he's going on about you know being a marine biologist and Kramer had just driven a titleist into a whale. And he was is- angry that day, my friends, like an old man trying to send soup back at a deli. And so George has to, you know, and so that happens here, right? Where they're they're posing as zoologists, and all of a sudden they got Gus has to deliver a war dog, and watching him run is and then vomit was just that was pure comedy. That was that was absolutely tremendous. Uh, so yeah, we had the Costanza moment here, and um, so what we get juxtaposed with this is right after Gus sort of leaves the the warthog um, is uh, we're back at the police station, and Lassie and Jules have uh, brought in Mister Crocker. Uh, you know, not really to interrogate him. Uh, but just ask him some questions, you know, uh, because it, you know there's a there's a clear link, even even fucking Lassie, and he wasn't even didn't even work on the original case, uh, you know. So they 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 talk to Mr. Crocker, and, and Mr. Crocker at first is polite, and then he's like, "Wait a second, this is that old Captain Connors with a grudge. You won't, you know, you know, leave this alone here." Um, and then this brings us to another great scene, another great back and forth with Gus. Um, cause now Sean and Gus are trying to you know, do a little investigating. They go to the, you know, they go to the forest, the woods where, you know, the mountain lion, uh, and, and sort of the, the, uh, you know, the crimes occurred and we, and, and so <laughs> we get Sean going, maybe you've forgotten my extensive experience with native Americans, a proud and solvent people. <laughs> Which is funny because Sean doesn't even know what the word solvent means later on in, uh, Sean and Gus truck things up. Because uh, one of the guys, uh, Frankie Peepee, who owned their own truck, was like, uh, I'm going to be insolvent in two weeks. And he's like, that's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) You mean working at the Flaming Tomahawk? So you remember, Sean, you were a greeter at a casino for a week. And I was the only non-Native American to be awarded the Eagle Feather. Remember that. That That stuff's like, I always love all that stuff. All the job stuff is hilarious. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, and they're, they're walking through the woods here and they come across where, uh, 
you know, where the crime, you know, where the mountain lion supposedly killed, um, or is it Mike? What's his last name? Higgins? I forget the last name. It's definitely right. Mike something. Right. And so, the, you know, they're, they're looking around and, and Sean's got his clue face going on. And, and he, make, he makes it, you know, again, we've seen this a couple of times throughout the season where we know Sean's got a great photographic memory and he can spot things and piece them together. But he's also shown a great ability to actually, you know, uh, you know, you know, get some great deductions from the crime scene. He sees that there's one path going this way and there's footprints going that way. And and him and Gus sort of put together that the the, the crime didn't occur there, that a body was dragged. Yeah, they got to find a kill zone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, and then immediately a forest ranger, um, uh, DeSoto, DeSoto. Uh, finds them. He's got a gun on them. He brings them back to the cabin. And I think Sean asks for soup or yep. chowder. Or what was that? Well, no, 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 no. Um, you know, the soup is incredible. Gus is uh, inclined to call it. No, Gus wants to call it a chowder, and I'm inclined to it too. Yeah, right. <laughs> so this is a great little scene, but also a very important scene because this is where Sean has got almost all the the puzzle, uh, pieces of the puzzle, uh, you know, put together. So he's sort of looking around the room while DeSoto is fetching uh, crackers uh, for the soup, and he sees that DeSoto knows Crocker. So now there's a link between this forest ranger and Crocker. And now you, you, you take into account what you already know from, you know, from Mort Crocker. Yeah, all the pieces are starting to fall. And they notice that there's a cage outside of the uh, cabin that may or may not have held or housed uh, a mountain lion. At well, some yeah. Point. And Sean sees the mo- the marks on the mountain lion. He also sees a little yeah. bit of that, uh, whatever, you know, was ripped off of him on the cage. But my favorite part of the entire episode happens here when they're talking about being out in the woods for two days and this guy, it's either just poorly done or he's that big of an idiot because Gus is wearing a cleanly pressed shirt and they're pretending they've been out in the woods for two days. And uh, Sean just goes, and Gus was little girl scared. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like that is like, I'm going to use that all the time now. Like Gus was little girl scared. (laughs) It was the way he delivered it and the voice he used. It was because he was like sipping hot cocoa like this. He's like, Gus was a little girl scared. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was that was it was great. And so you know, again, we're getting we're getting all the oh, and we get another important piece of information here, where uh, you know uh, uh, the you know DeSoto has said, well, you know, the it, there's been a drought. There hasn't been a lot of rain. So you know, in instances like that, mountain lions are prone to attack people. But if you, you know, if you recall, we, you know, back from the, uh, when they were at the marine biologists, one of the questions Sean asked is, you know, is that mountain lion a killer? And, and the zoologist, I think it was Mac, zoologist Mac, who said, uh, no, this mountain lion is not a killer, you know, it, yeah. and, and, and it was malnourished. And there well, was yeah, no reason for it to be malnourished. Because it had plenty of rain there. Uh, yeah. His prey should have been fat and happy for him yeah. to eat. So clearly... They were starving this thing for a reason, and that's just fucking dastardly for many reasons. But, you know, I think then we go to um, back to the police station, right? Yep. Yeah. So they caught they caught DeSoto in a lie. So now they're suspicious of him as well. But we do go back to the police station and uh, you get Sean sees uh, she's sees a young woman and she's holding sort of like an not an evidence box, but like a sort of a personal effects box. Yep. And he recognizes the name. It's the name of the missing hiker. So he goes up to her, uh, talks to her, um, starts to ask some questions, uh, you know, trying to get some information. And this is where uh, she start. We start to get we start to get even more now. Like the, the story's really taking oh, shape. Yeah. Here. 
I mean, this is just home run, home run, home run, left and right. right here. Mom's been dead for 20 years. Father's really rich. And then you get a nice clue. You know, there's a bunch of things in that box. There's the shoes where they get the little yep. stuff on the feet, yep. like all sorts of weird kind of like, you know, organic material. And then you got the hotel key, which they don't go for, which is a thing that pops up a lot in these episodes, the hotel key. But then you get the biotin prescription. Yep. And that's kind of where you get another couple of good scenes out of that. Yeah. So, so Sean sees this. And so what does he do? He asks, uh, you know, the resident, um, you know, you know, pharmaceutical salesman and, and Gus says, well, this is, this is medication for a genetic disorder. Mm-hmm. So Sean goes, okay, this is how, this is what we can get to link Crocker to the crimes. Right. And so we've already seen a couple of instances where we had some gullible characters by, you know, Sean's stuff. And so, Sean wants to, you know, his harkens back to the pilot episode where he wants to go to the person's house, you know, you know, rifle through their medicine cabinet to see mm-hmm. if they can find the same prescription bottle. So there's, uh, I believe, a wedding that they're planning for at the Crockers or some sort of gala, some gala event. But I love that Gus is like, dude, this isn't going to work. And he's yeah. like, why can't we be from the uh, Bureau of uh, you know, Medicine Cabinet Inspectors? Yeah. And he tries to, you know. You know, fancy pants this lady. And I love this because she stonewalls him like yeah. four times. <laughs> yeah. And so it's the first time we see Sean like, and this is something that we will see a lot more of, right? Mm-hmm. You know, where up until this point, it was an automatic. Sean's going to, you know, charm his way and, and get some rube, you know, to believe, <laughs> you know, his stuff. And, uh, and, and it's, it turns out to be Mrs. Crocker and she is. She's a she's a tough lady. She doesn't buy it, and so they gotta they gotta try and find a plan B. So they go to a pharmacy, and this is where now we find yet another rube. We do, and the way that Sean acts as like he's like some insane like medical patient to get yeah. the information about more Crocker's prescriptions. Because she kind of stonewalls and was like, they've already been picked up, so they just need to find out what the prescription is. They're glad they know that he has a prescription there. And then, like, the thing that he does where he's, like, putting his finger in his mouth, like, upside down, like, like just, like, groaning, like, yeah. to get her to, like, you know, I think that's, like, a very believable thing because they probably have, like, Oxycontin addicts coming in doing all sorts of weird shit. So she's just trying to get him to leave. So that one I found, you know, the over-the-topness, they struck the perfect chord with his, like, zaniness right there. Yeah, because Gus was a good little balance there. Mm-hmm. Right, and so they kind of even about a little bit. And he, he did a really good job because it wasn't like uh, he's doing the over the top psychic stuff here. He was, you know, he 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 could play a nut job really well, uh, you know, and he did it. But they get the piece of information that they need, biotin or whatever the medication was, uh, was one of the prescriptions that was filled and picked up. So now they have a direct link between. Uh, Mort Crocker and uh, Mike Higgins, I believe his name is Higgins. And so they take this information to Lassie uh, as well as Captain Connors. Trish is there. And and I love this is really funny because Sean is talking to the missing poster, uh, the missing person poster. Uh, and Lassie is, you know, really kind of brushing him off. And then Lassie starts talking to the poster himself. And Sean yeah. is, <laughs> you know, uh, you're talking to a poster. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so good when he gets Lassie into the bit and then like kind of pulls the rug on him on yeah. it. I always love when he does the courtroom jargon stuff. Don't let him turn this into a courtroom again. Right, right. Um, <laughs> objection, man. Yeah. Uh, but it's really good because 
you kind of get, you know, you get the motive means opportunity. And the motive here is pretty good because you find out, obviously, that this kid was, was he adopted, right? Or uh, orphaned or, you know, he was basically, yeah, he was orphaned. Like his yeah. birth mother died when he was young. So he was probably given away. So he's going back to find his father. So he's a rich dude. He's probably entitled to a lot of that money. So it makes sense that you're going to fucking knock off the kid to keep all of your wealth. Yeah. So in, in, in that scene, you know, Captain Connors, he's put it together in his mind. Mm -hmm. So he, you know, but there's a twist, there's a twist that comes here. And so Connors just, you know, you've got this, you know, uh, this confused old man. He gets in the car and he takes off again. Last he's like, he's going to confront Crocker, isn't he? And then they all just start running. Well, yeah. And Crocker actually did have it. Crocker's not the criminal. He has a legit alibi where he was out of state in front of yep. 200 people. Yep. So, Sean's probably thinking to himself, like, well, then who was the killer? And we kind of stumble upon that nicely. Yeah. And, and but you know, you know, of course, Connors isn't gonna believe it because he heard all he wanted to hear. Um, even though you know Crocker's got a, a stone cold alibi. So they they sh shows up at the Crocker's uh, house, the gal is in full swing. He confronts Crocker, and Crocker's like, What? Huh? And then when when Lassie, you know, starts running, Connors just books it, mm -hmm. right? Which is a great little scene because you kind of see them running through everything. Uh, Connors ends up in the greenhouse. Um, Sean finds him in there. He's hiding, but Sean doesn't give him away. And now we've got everyone in there. You've got Mort Crocker. You've got Edna Crocker mm -hmm. and Lassie and Jules and everyone else. And Sean's sort of putting all the pieces together. And when he says the name Edna, boom. That's when it all clicks. Well, that's how they link the uh, shitty park ranger because yeah. you know she used to be a DeSoto. A lot of good breadcrumbs sprinkled throughout because Sean noticed the uh, the security cam and the bird feeder. You know she's gardening, so yeah. you know they the material they, on his shoes matched yeah. what was in that greenhouse. Yeah, and he he takes a look at that, so he knows that the confrontation actually happened in the greenhouse. So that's the thing about this show. Everything that they do is airtight, and when it's not, they even reference it. Like the uh, the Friday Night Lights one or the Any Given Tuesday Night, whatever they do about the football players. Yep. In a later episode, he's describing all of his many great cases, and he's like, he mentions that one. He's like, you know what? That one never made sense to me. And when we get <laughs> to that episode, it kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, But this one makes perfect sense. Everything they do leads up to this crime. And again, a brilliant way of telling the story. Yeah, and it was a great, like I said, even though it's silly with the premise of mountain lions, right, being you know the the the, the quote unquote killers, the there was there was a lot of just the breadcrumbs were placed perfectly, and we we said we've said it time. I mean, only nine episodes, and I think we've probably said it in all but one, where you get two thirds of the way through the episode, and and you have no idea really who the suspect is, or even if you do have the you think you know who the suspect is they do a great job at flipping it so it you know it's never the person really who you think mm -hmm. it is and and this was great because you had a case that, that that happened 20 years ago and you had a great story behind it and then how the two were very similar and and you bring in some of the old characters uh and, and it, the way it wrapped up and the way they told it like i said like there were some really great funny scenes uh, the one-liners weren't popping like they have been in other episodes, but the 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 the, the crime that, that and the, how it you know got solved was so good. Yeah, it was so great. Just really, just really elevated. Uh, yeah, and this episode. 
you get the nice little moment at the end with Lassie too, like when Crocker kind of, you know, Sean has it all figured out. Yeah. And then it's one of those classic moments where uh, he kind of lets Red Foreman steal his thunder. Like, oh, that's how I know you. Your last name used to be DeSoto. And he actually kind of breaks the case wide open with that because that's yeah. his piece of information that Sean wouldn't have known. Right. So he really does a nice job. He gets his moment in the sun. And Lassie says, you heard Detective Connor. Put the cuffs on him. So Lassie, after, and we'll get to it in the uh, Thundercats, having a little bit of a, a scrap with him, yeah. uh, you know, comes to find out the guy is still useful, gives him his little moment, and it was really nice. Yeah, and between this episode and the next episode, we really get some uh, some good Lassie stuff in terms of his character gets gets uh, gets stripped back a little bit. It's not just all hard ass Lassie all mm -hmm. the time. We see a great little moment with him here. We saw a great little moment um, with the um, with the suicide hotline. Uh, work, Spencer. Yep. <laughs> uh, and 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 we'll see it. We'll see it a lot. In, in the next in next week's episode, so I, I love seeing some some new layers to Lassie's character here. That really kind of starts uh, starts in earnest here. But this was just that was a great moment, and I think a you know a great line right before we get into Thundercats. Oh, is you know Trish sort of going up to Sean and saying thank you uh, for letting him have his time in the sun. He'll probably forget it tomorrow, but today you know today was a great day. Yeah, and then we get you know uh, Sean you know kind of calling her out for not you know, admitting it was her who <laughs> almost killed the ostrich. But, you know, that's his way of kind of being like, hey, Gus, go get the girl, even yep. though you can kind of debate whether or not Sean did that on purpose or not. And then they get back to, like, the little bit of the game where it's like, I'm going to be kissing Trish in 10 minutes, so it's on. Yeah, tell her about your abs. <laughs> yeah. You know you're gonna challenge me, Sean. <laughs> you know, and, and, and then so – and then that's how, that's how the episode ends. And so it was – it was it was really fantastic start to finish. So you know a couple of of things that I love from this episode that we we didn't touch on earlier. Uh, one, uh, we, this is the first episode where we see the psych logo is green. Yep, and that's how it is from here to eternity. As you can see, if you're watching, see right behind me. That's that's so we get that. It's been blue prior to this, um, and 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 so we get that. Uh, as we talked about, you know, Red Form is great. Awesome. Fantastic. Great, great, great in this episode. I mean, his acting is he, – he does such a great job of making you believe, you know, that he's, you know, he's uh, – losing his losing mind isn't the right – but you know what I mean? Like he's just, Yeah, he's got dementia. So yeah. uh, when he does the – when he goes into the the um, the uh, police office and he is pretending – like not pretending, he's he thinks he's still working there. And he gets into the fight with Lassie, and he goes, "You want to dance? You just name that tune." And he puts up his Dukes like he's in the 1940s, <laughs> which and then is he great. Cold cocks Lassie yeah. right in the face. Old man, you were really starting to piss me off. <laughs> but what I love is, so in a later episode, I think it's the um, uh, Sean gets the yips episode yeah. where Lassie calls like a guy he thinks is trying to kill him, and he's like. You want to dance, baby? My no, you want to tango? My dance card is wide open. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's not like an homage. It's not the exact same line, but it's a very similar line from like a kind of you know gruff cop. So I really like yeah. that symmetry there. Yeah, you want to dance, you know? So it was. You I just love that because he's got his old timey like you know you know like, captain's outfit on, and he's like last he's looking. I'm like, you're sitting at my desk. He's, what do you mean? This is this is my desk. And then just when he when he socks him right in the face, it's like. Yes, like because we've all, I think, up until this point, one little bit of blood, yeah, slug, you know, slug Lassie in the face. So that was 
that was great. I can't, you know, again, back to back episodes uh, with great cameos. George, George Takai uh, last week or last, you know, last episode. Takay. Uh, <laughs> people, people close to him know how he likes to pronounce. And then is there is there um is there a cameo in next week's episode as well? Uh, I I think there's some familiar faces, but I don't know. There's if like a guy who is in a bunch of Scrubs episodes. Yeah, uh, and I think he was in Mad About You. He's not oh. like a. He's like a. He's not a stalwart. He wasn't like a star of any actual show. I don't think. Right. Uh, Richard uh, Richard Kind, I believe. Richard, was oh, okay. Yep. 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 So those were those were some of the great. Like I said, there was a lot of like great like shared scenes uh, in this episode. Uh, so so really great. We're really really starting to you know hit the stride now. And um, so the only nickname you know we could get was Doctor McTalk. <laughs> um, and what, what did Sean say when, when the zoologist tried to say it? Uh, you have just offended him and called him like something very offensive in his yeah. language. Uh, and, and so I, I went to, uh, you know, I tried finding out what the pineapple was in this episode and there was none, although the, uh, A reference to the twice baked scones. Yeah, no, that doesn't count. No, yeah. I want to uh, give, give me a, some sort of image of a pineapple, not the double chocolate maple pineapple scone or, you know, whatever the hell it was. So, um, you know, getting into the, the creamsicle here, you know, big, big thumbs up for me. Absolutely. Yeah, I like this episode a lot more than I remembered. This would be one that I would kind of skip because it really is more of a, you know, a procedural cop drama with some great lines and comedy sprinkled in. I'll tell you what, though. When he hits the Gus was little girl scared, I forgot that line. It is yeah. so fucking flat. I'm going to use that till the day I die. Like, there's a few ones that I'll bust out, like the um, tiny little dollop of a woman when he's talking yeah. about the... Uh, the the housekeeper, I think it's like the uh, the ghosts episode from the premiere of season three. Yeah, I busted that out on a few occasions, talking about people to friends, and they were like, "Where did you come up with that?" I was like, "Oh, that's a that's an original because no one watches Psych, so yeah, I can do it." Yeah, <laughs> tiny little doll of a woman. Eee, yeah, no yeah. <laughs> what was the line you dropped in the DSG chat today? I was like, or, or in the Madden oh, chat today, like two uh, Christmas hams kissing under mistletoe, which yeah, is I, like, yeah. I drop all the time. Yeah. Talking about uh, that that booty. That's uh, how I describe my wife all the time. But she knows exactly what I'm talking about. So she always like, good for you. Are you, are you, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like what? Like, she's like two Christmas hams, you know. <laughs> so so yeah, some some all timers from this show. So um, with that said, you know we both loved it, and and, and I can't because we're getting we're getting close to the end of season one here. So we'll have to start thinking about you know how we're going to rank these show, how we're going to tier them. I think will be the best way to do it, but. This is probably going to be on the uh, on the border of you know great to good you know it's tier. off the Mount Rushmore for sure, but it's probably in the second or third tier. Yeah, like in probably low end third. You know, yeah, definitely somewhere right in the middle. Third, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, high in third, uh, low second. Uh, but yeah, really enjoyed it. Good cameos, and um, you know, uh, if you want to get into the. Well, no. Where are we at? Come on, come on, son. Come on, come on, come on, come on, son. Come on, son. Um, next week is. I think I put this in my podcaster's dozen of all-time psych episodes. This one is a doozy. This one is one of my favorites. We get one of the best-running jokes of all time in the uh, series. Uh, pickup line I will use for girls. Uh, we won't get into it specifically. We'll save it. I can even put out a little video I cut to it. 
Uh, but Tremendous. it is one of my favorite episodes of all time from Earth to Starbucks, episode 10. And this episode has it all. I think it's the first true classic. I call this one a classic because I think it is very good. But like, it is the first true, like, from start to finish, perfect psych episode. And I was talking to Cough about season two, and I was, like, scrolling through season two. I was like, Psych vs. Psych is the only one I kind of don't like, and that's an awesome episode. Yep. And this episode is, you know, this episode could be in season two and you wouldn't even notice. Oh, 100%. 100%. And uh, it's a great, la- great Lassie centric uh, episode. Great, uh, I think maybe our first truly great Jules episode too. Yeah, yeah, and this is where she takes off, and then I think her shining moment in this season will be the finale. Oh yeah, um, you know for sure. But uh, I can't, I can't wait till next week. Uh, that's going to be a fun one, Billy. Where can the people find us? They can find us everywhere, Joe. Uh, they can find us on Facebook at the Door Shared Universe. We've had some trouble getting the podcast up, but it'll be on the PCP channel. I might even create our own uh, just so we don't have to have Rossi do it. I know Wesley takes care of uh, TLDR for you. Uh, I just feel like, you know, we can be big boys. We can do it ourselves if we want to. Uh, So why not? And uh, we got one kid in the chat shouting out, uh, you know, I thought this podcast was dead. I never want that to be said again. So uh, thank you for listening. But you can find us. Like I said, on Facebook, on Twitter, you can find me everywhere, Billy D twenty four eleven. I think that's even my new progressive uh, car insurance name. Uh, <laughs> signed up for them today. Got the, the old snapshot. Uh, and da, 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 da. you can find Joe everywhere at Back Cracker. And you know, listen to all of the podcasts in the DSG. They have fully embraced us. Like I said, Keith has announced me as a host on uh, one of the um, giant things that we did recently. So go check out. Change my mind. PCP. I'm listening to them in the reverse order of importance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mac and Goo. Uh, the Dork Podcast. And then don't forget everybody who twitches. Shime, Dr. Joe, and of course, Davey. And you can find Nick and I on TLDR on oh, Wednesday afternoon. Fuck? Slap me in the face. What <laughs> <laughs> an insult. <laughs> I am so sorry. You guys talk books. We talk books. Nick wanted me to uh, – to, he told me, uh, you know, before when I went on today, he goes, Matt, make sure you give Billy the bird for me. So <laughs> no love lost between those two. Well, you don't even like birds, so. You're right. <laughs> I don't. They scare the shit out of me. <laughs> but uh, until next week, folks, wait for it. Frank says hi. <laughs>